Good morning, everyone. On um, our scripture reading this morning has a lot to do with my personal testimony. I got a few other scriptures too. I'm going to go into Matthew. And if you want to follow along, go on to Matthew 8. Matthew 8, 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done to you. Let's go to Matthew 9, 22. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. We'll go on down to 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. Let's go back to John. Going to John fifteen. That's John fifteen, seven and eight. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. It's going over to chapter 18, John. Down to uh, 23 and 24. And in that day you will ask me nothing, but be assured. I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, I have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy will be full. There's a few other things that, uh, let's see, yeah, I'll go with this other one. Matthew, go back to Matthew again. Matthew 26. 
I'll tie a lot of this stuff together. They kind of like jumbled different scriptures here, covering several different topics. But I, when I give my testimony, all these scriptures are involved in my testimony. Here in uh, Matthew twenty six thirty nine, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as, not as I will, but as you will. And then he kind of does it again in verse 42. He says again, a second time, he went away and prayed, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. There's another story about Jonah where God asked him to do some, some things, and Jonah says, I really don't want to do that. It kind of goes along with what Christ says. Christ says, I really don't want to do this, but, you know, if that's what you want, then I guess I'll do it. Before I go into my story, I shared some of the Bible's verses and what God has said about some of this stuff. I'd like to ask God to be with me as I share my story. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we know you created the heavens and the earth, which means that there's nothing that is impossible for you. A lot of times we tend to think because there's some things we can't, we wonder if you can too. Uh, sounds strange, but that's part of how I perceive things at times. So I ask that as I share my story with everybody here, that it's not my story that I'm sharing, but it's the glory and praise will be given to you for what you have done for me in Jesus' name. Uh, give you a little. I've shared a lot of my story with a, a lot of people, little bits and pieces of it, and this is still a little bit piece of it. To give you some background on who I was before I am now, I felt like I wasn't good enough, and different reasons for that. And I had an empty spot in me that I was looking to fill, and I was looking to fill it in all the wrong places. I was looking all the wrong places to get this filled. And I've come to find out that that emptiness, God, when he created us, he created us to have a desire for him. And we are not complete or whole unless he is in our hearts. Uh, Nothing can fill that spot except God. And I didn't know that. But I was looking to have that filled. So I got married, had some kids, everything was going along, but I still had this emptiness. And my wife and I both belonged to different churches when we got married, so I thought we decided we should probably ought to go to church. You know, that's the norm. Everybody goes to church. So we started going to several different churches. And none of the churches seemed to really fit. You know, you go to one church and everybody's sitting there, quiet, humble, 
afraid to break a smile. You go in other churches and everybody's all over you and smothering you to death and so wanting to know, you know, where you're from and where you're going and how come you come here. And you go in others, they look at you and say, what are you sitting in my pew for? You know, all these different scenarios of different things. And, was, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself in, in my heathen way of thinking, I says, Lord, really, if this is all there is, there's no reason for me to continue going to church because I'm not getting anything out of it other than feeling uncomfortable and not feeling like anything is, you know, I'm, I, I hear about how good it is to be with you, and, but I'm not, it's not affecting me. It's, it's really turning me off going to church. That's how I was feeling. So talked about asking. So I say, okay, God, here, here's the deal. You show me what church it is that you want me to go to. Otherwise, there's not much sense in me going. During that time that I asked this prayer, I was going to a different town. My job where I was working at had changed, so I was working in a different town. So I I went to work the other town. I was away while I was working. Glory got a flyer in the mail. Guess what the flyer was from? It was uh, one of the Adventist flyers on uh, prophecy, revelation. So I got back, and she showed it to me. I think she made one of the one of the meetings. That was it. I don't remember a lot of the details, but anyway, she made a meeting. So. During the process, some time went by. We got moved down to the other town where I was working at. There was a small Adventist church there. And I want you to think about this. I was a smoker. I was a chain smoker. I would smoke between two and three packs of cigarettes a day. I don't know if any of you have been around somebody that smokes that much. They stink. I didn't know how bad I stunk at that time, but I stunk. Because I've been around people who smoke not that much, and they stink. And I didn't realize it. And it's kind of like sinners. A lot of times the sinners don't realize how bad of a sinner we are, and we don't realize how bad we really stink. But I stunk. And I had this attitude that I knew what I knew, and I was sure of what I knew because that's, you know, it's the type of person I was. And this fellow who was pastoring that church would come over to my house. He would come into my house, and I had an ashtray in every, in every room in the house, so you can imagine what the house must have smelled like. And he would tell me stuff about, uh, you know, the Bible, and I said, nah, the Bible doesn't say that. And he would kindly say, oh, really? Let's see. Uh, what does that say right there? 
and I'd have to eat crow. So this, he not only had to put up with a stink, he also had to put up with an attitude. And I think of myself now. If I was going to share the word with somebody, would I want to share it with somebody like this? Absolutely not. Wouldn't want to do it. Would I? I don't know. Haven't been put in that position. But I think of the type of person I was then. I really wouldn't want to be associated with somebody like that at that time. I don't like, now that I know what, how bad smoking smells, I don't like to be around people smoke. I don't like to be around. And he'd come in my house and sit down there and like, okay, let's do this. I wonder, I praise God that I'm sure that he didn't want to do that. But I praise God that he did. And then he would tell me, he says, you know, I want to be baptized. We went through the, the beliefs, the Adventist beliefs deal. And he says, you know, it says to be baptized, to be repent and be baptized. Well, he said, if you're going to repent, that means you change your ways. So he said, you know, you're killing yourself by smoking cigarettes. And I said, it's, uh, it's not really what God wants you to do, so you need to quit. Well, I don't know, has anybody tried to quit doing something that they're addicted to? Actually, I was addicted to uh, tobacco. I was didn't make any difference what form it was. I had to have nicotine, whether it was cigars, pipes, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, snuff. didn't make any difference. I was addicted to it. I couldn't. And I was, I was struggling with this. And my wife was struggling with my struggling. She was not <clears throat> liking the difficulties I was going through because I wasn't a very pleasant person during <laughs> this time and trying to quit. So I told the pastor, I said, you know, I said, you want me to quit? And my understanding is that... <clears throat> When we get baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, that's right. He says, how do you expect me to quit smoking if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? And you're not going to baptize me, so I can't receive the Holy Spirit. So I was said, this is my thinking. You know, I says, how, how is this going to work? So how am I going to repent or how am I going to stop? if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. This is my understanding at that time. I have a little different understanding. But God worked. So we kind of made a date for the baptism, and then that day come to baptize the day before. I'd smoked one cigarette. Got up that morning, didn't have any cigarettes, so I didn't smoke any that morning for the baptism. So we go in here, going to get baptized, and go to church, and he says, have you smoked any? I said, I haven't had one all day, and this is early in the morning. <laughs> he said, well, I guess you repented, so we'll baptize you. He said, I know how hard it's fighting, you know, how hard you're struggling with this. So <clears throat> get up here, get in the baptism. I'm sitting there in the water. He's up here, and he's going, wah, 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 wah. And inside my head, there's 
screaming going on in my head and said, let's get this over with so you can go out and get a cigarette. That's all I could think of. I was just screaming inside. I just, just thought I was going to die because I, I needed that fix of a cigarette. Needed it. That's, uh, and this is the opposite of what I was told. I was always told. I was brought up. It says, set your mind to anything. You can do anything. And that's, this was going against all the principles that I was raised up because this is something I was not able to do on my own. Absolutely. No matter how hard I tried. <clears throat> and trust me, there's, throughout my life, I've, I've quit a number of times until I woke up. <laughs> but I was, I was hooked on this. So... I got baptized, and the next thing I think I remember of that day, they had potluck, and this sweet little lady, I remember the sweet lady coming up and says, Harry, welcome into our family. Says, I'll give you a word of some advice. Whatever you do, keep your eyes on Christ. And don't pay any attention to the people. That sounded reasonable. Then a little bit later in that same day, I remember this lady that was about as tall as she was wide. And she come up and says, Harry, you're going to hell for eating meat. I remember that. And then not too long after that, my hand goes like this. And I always carried my... I don't know if any of you know about a lot of athletes and stuff. They train their body to react automatically. I trained my body automatically to grab for a cigarette without even thinking about it. Not given any thought. Just my hand went there. Excuse me. That's... That's when I realized God took my addiction away from me. He took, since that time, I have never had a desire for a cigarette since then. Him taking that away from me, and the advice of the one little lady, keep your eyes on Christ, is the only reason I'm still here now. Because some of the stuff I've seen in the churches along my path between then and now would be beforehand, I wouldn't have stayed in church. When we talk about a church being loving and you know the people know his church by, because the people love each other, and how many of us have heard somebody in church says, I hate you, or you're a liar, or, you know, put somebody down, or said something like, oh, you're going to hell for eating meat, and didn't even know the person, had no idea what they were going through at the time? Or you don't 
you don't know this particular doctrine, you don't know that particular doctrine, and all this stuff. Those two things have kept me in the church. What he did in my life and the advice from this lady. And I think also of the pastor, him coming into my house when I was stinking like I was and had an attitude like I You think I got an attitude now. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, a, I had an attitude at that time which just triumphs over the one I have now. So I ask all of you to take my story, give some thought to it, but more than that, I ask you to take the scriptures I have written that I've read that Christ has had other people write down that's in the Bible, that you take these scriptures and realize that these things that are written in here are true. There's no doubt of the power that God can do with in your life. He answers prayers. And as we've been studying about in Genesis and stuff, sometimes he doesn't answer the request maybe 20, 30 years later. But he does answer prayers. So never forget to pray. Never forget to keep your eyes on Christ. Because if you look at people like me or the people next to you, they can't lift you up like Christ can. People like me that don't even have control over some of the things that's in my life, like the tobacco, I didn't have control over that. There's a few other things that he's shown me that I need to work on, and he hasn't uh, taken some of these things away from me quite as quickly as what he did at that time. Uh, Some of the things I still struggle with, some of the things he has taken away from me, but there's still things I struggle with. But it, he's shown me that um, there's, there's a positive side even for some of the things we struggle with. Because I had a friend that came to me one time, and, it, and he'd been in jail. He'd been a druggie. Been gone to jail and stuff, and he come to me. And I asked him, I said, do you have any regrets? He said, regrets for what? Any of the regrets of all the stuff you used to do? He said, it would have been better if I hadn't have done them. But it, everything in the past has got me into a relationship with Christ that I have now. Nothing, I don't want to do anything to destroy that relationship I have with Christ. So anything that brought me into this relationship with Christ, I say, praise God that God let me go through that to get me to where I'm at with him now. So if you're struggling with anything right now, remember the fact that God lets you go through struggles to help bring you closer to him. And I'm going to make a, a, for my closing, I'm going to make a revised altar call. Normally we come up, we have prayer after the services up here. So if anybody has is touched by what I've shared or has something in their life they want God to take away from you, I ask you to come up after the closing of the services and to join the rest of us in prayer.
time for our closing song. Let's turn in our hymnals to hymn number 296, Lord, I'm Coming Home. And please stand. Oh,
remain standing for the benediction. Lord, pray that you will give us your blessings.